You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Chris Filipiak. He is The Connector. We're going to talk to him about the work he does with companies, with CEOs, helping them figure out sales, sales strategies, building out sales teams. I'm excited for this conversation. I think one of the real challenges for really for all companies, but particularly for service-based companies, is getting the CEO out of the selling process. I think a lot of early stage companies you know, thrive on the CEO selling, but it ends up becoming a real constraint in reaching the next level. So I'm excited to have this conversation conversation because I think this is something that many of the people listening to this podcast either have faced or will face as they grow and scale the business. So it'll be an important conversation. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. With that, Chris, welcome to the program. Bruce, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. And I'm really excited to jump in with you and go deep on helping these service-based businesses and see how many CEOs we can get out of the sales role and into being the CEO. Yeah, that'll be a good metric. If we could figure out how many are in the role now and at the end of the episode, <laughs> how many we can get out That's of that right. role, that would be that'd be a great key metric to be able to track because it's yeah. it is such a, it's such a hard thing. Is It's such a dynamic I find in, in many companies where the CEO is the lead salesperson and, and getting them out of it is such a challenge. But before we dig in the challenge, let's learn a little bit about you and your background. How did you get into this? How did you get into looking at sales, helping companies figure out sales process, put together sales teams? What was the backstory and what was the history? Yes, certainly. So my whole life from a very young age, I always wanted to be a entrepreneur and you know had a landscaping company when I was 12 years old. And then as I moved into looking into growing into school and moving out of my own house, I decided to go to school and be an engineer and study engineering. So the question is, is really how does an engineer become a yeah. sales consultant And the engineering I studied was industrial and operations engineering, which is the integration of human and machine systems. And I had always wanted to do something customer facing. So I used an opportunity to go back to business school and pivot into studying entrepreneurship and starting some startup companies and working with some small businesses right out of school. And saw this problem again and again, where either the CEO was being the number one salesperson and struggling, or they were working with a sales team that wasn't meeting expectations because the foundation and fundamentals weren't in place. And through my sales journey, I really, there were some companies that I had a lot of sales sales success with, and there were other companies where I struggled. And so I started to think about this and I I recognized this as a real pain point in the market. And so I took my background of loving to help people and being willing to 
do sales work mm-hmm. and my engineering background to really come up with a process and think about how do you transition the sales effort from the CEO to a sales team so that the team is successful in meeting the revenue expectations of the company. Yeah, I love that idea that, you know, coming out of process engineering, you know, this kind of intersection mm-hmm. of people and machines and people and equipment and stuff. And applying that to sales, it's such a great kind of transfer of skills because I think so much of what needs to happen as you go from selling through the CEO to selling through a real professional sales organization is that idea of process and how do you make something that can feel very kind of intuitive, almost an art, and turn it into that fairly well-defined procedure around how do we go about the sales process? How do we define the stages? You know, all those steps. So I think it's a really interesting kind of combination of your skills in the background and applying it to a pretty unique challenge in the, in the business side. Tell me a little bit about your kind of how sales has kind of evolved for you, like what you've kind of learned and realized and, you know, the epiphanies you've had about what sales means, who sells, who can sell, who can't sell, mm-hmm. what has kind of evolved for you in terms of a sales philosophy over the over time? Yeah, I love that question. And there was a point in my life not too long ago where I would have to say that I wasn't very good at sales. And I had to really take a really hard look at what was going on. Was it an internal thing or was it the tools and the systems that I was using? And I think with the thoughts in your head and the mindset and your worldview and the paradigms that you bring into the selling relationship and the conversations with you're having with other people are so important and really will determine if you are successful or not in a sales role. So one of the things that I really had to look at for myself personally is why was I getting on the phone with people? Was it to make a sale or was it really to help them? And if there was any emotional need that I was trying to get met through making a sale, whether it was needing someone's money whether it was needing them to like me, whether I was trying to source my value from completing the sale, that doesn't work. And you're going to have a lot of resistance that comes up in your sales effort that's going to prevent you from asking for the money you want, really showing up to help the person. It's really where you're going to see it is you're just going to see it in your results. And that that has been such a big shift and a, such a big awareness to me that that I won't engage and help people with their sales process unless they're willing to look at the resistance that's going on with their thoughts. So that's been the biggest change for me. And, you know, just today, Bruce, I was working on some of my conversations and I was doing cold outreach actually Mm -hmm. right before we jumped on the podcast today because people really need help. And so like I'm just showing up going, how can I help you right now? How can we have a conversation you don't even have to pay me. It's like, how can I help you right now? And if you bring that energy to your sales work, you're going to get a lot more conversations. You're going to help a lot more people. And as a result, your sales are going to go way up. Yeah. And for context, for folks listening to this, we're end of March here. We're recording this in the, in the kind of the, I would love to say the middle of the COVID-19 crisis situation pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think we're kind of in the beginning of it. We still have you know ways to go before, before we reach the peak for a lot of folks in the country. And so it's a fascinating time to actually have this conversation around sales because yeah. you know everyone is like, don't sell. Like no one should 
should be selling right now. It's not the time to sell. And and while I agree, like this is not the time to be kind of overtly selling, you know, asking for money, hard pitching products and services. I think it's actually the perfect time to sell in the sense of being helpful, developing relationships, finding out what needs are out there, where mm-hmm. you can provide value and services. And, and you know, that is something that's hugely needed right now. So I think it, and it goes to this, what you're kind of mentioning, which is, well, it depends on how you frame sales. If you frame sales as being trying to get orders signed, you know, invoices signed or, or um, purchase orders signed, that is going to be tough. But if you look at sales as being, how do I find needs that are out there in the world with the people that I want to help with my prospects and customers? And how do I provide value and provide connection and solve problems for them? Then it's kind of the perfect time to sell. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting kind of mindset question or mindset shift. I'm curious, do you feel like everyone can be a salesperson at some level? Or do you feel like there's some people who are just naturally can be or naturally can't be good sales professionals? What's your take on that? Yeah. You know, before I I jump into that, I actually think it's a really good time to sell. Like that's how people help each other. Like sales is just conversations with people and conversations about money. And all those things are still occurring in our economy and people need a lot of help. And I actually think that what's so great about this time and what's so good about COVID-19 showing up is there's a lot of opportunity to really look at all the bullshit that we were bringing to our sales process that wasn't aligned with really helping people. And so now that will not fly at all now. Like no one is going to stand for any of that. And it gives you an opportunity to really look at what are you doing, you know, especially for small business owners and service-based companies, what are we really doing? How are we really helping people? The question about can anyone sell, it's a really interesting one because I talked to some very high level salespeople, VPs of business development that have a lot of fear come up around cold calling, have a lot of fear come up around talking to someone they've never met before about calling existing clients. And the true answer to that is if you're going to be in business, it's imperative that you learn to sell. And what's so great about sales and one of the reasons why I love it and why I lean so hard into it is because it's very confronting. Mm. You know, there's nowhere to hide when you're selling and you're going to have to look at really what's going on with you. And that was the journey that I've had to go on around why am I scared to get on the phone? Why am I afraid to ask for the value that I'm worth? How can I be in relationship and be present with the the person that I'm talking to? So I think if you're I think humans are naturally wired to help each other mm-hmm. and serve each other. Like if you are wired to help and serve each other, then I think you can be in sales. I think there's a lot of old stories and depending on where you grew up around money mm-hmm. that you have to look at. Otherwise, you won't be able to to sell at the level that you need to. And I think, you know, when you're starting a business or, or you're in a sales role, there's such a huge opportunity there for internal growth and to really help help a lot of people. So it depends if that's what you want. But I think the the innate um, ability of humans to connect and serve each other is there within all of us. It's interesting. It's I find the challenges that come up for folks when I when I coach them and kind of the topic of sales comes up or we're, yeah. we're talking about sales strategy, that the ones that come up are or the, the people that I find having the most challenges around sales are the people that are really, really scared of selling mm-hmm. and then and then the people that have no fear in selling. 
Sure. And, and the people that are really scared, it's because you know they've 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 got some kind of block. They've got um, you know they're concerned about something. They, they've they've got some kind of mindset challenge that that prevents them from kind of getting on the phone and having the conversation. The people that have no fear have are so self focused. <laughs> they kind of don't care about what the other person the says other person. to the point, you know, where they're, they're like, Hey, yeah, I'll call them. If they say no, they say no, I'll move on. Right. Like that they're so insular to it yeah. that, that they end up not being able to make a connection. Right. And so I think this, okay. this whole kind of, how do I get on, whether it's the phone on video or have an in-person conversation mm-hmm. in, in an authentic way, that's going to really get me kind of curious and thinking about what is this person's situation? What is their need? How are they yep. making that decision? What a process they want to use, the criteria they want to use, and then how can I take what I do, what I know, the resources I have, the connections I have, and make that of service to them. That's really that sweet spot. But I find that the, the challenges come up on these extremes uh, where Absolutely. you're so fearful or, or you just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much because you hide in both places, Yeah. right? And, you know, that the, the challenge is really to show up in a neutral place in service to the other person and literally be willing to emotionally die, <laughs> you know, to, to help them and find out. Because a lot, the thing is, is like a lot of people may not like you, people may not need what you have. And like none of that matters. And you need to come from a place of going, where's this person trying to go, right? What's coming up for them that's preventing them from getting there? And can I identify why, like, can I help them identify the solution that would move them to what they actually want? And am I the person or company to help them do that? And then if you can get those pieces in place, then you can have a really good conversation. But if you are, like you said, if you're you're fearful, you're thinking about you, if you have no concern about getting on the phone and it doesn't matter to you, you're thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so either way, when you're thinking about you, you're not really thinking about the other person. And it's it's really it's a, a place that's gonna take some work to get to for a lot, a lot of people. And, and that doesn't get into Bruce, like the strategy and tactics, like you all have to have like the market, the the problem, the solution, like all those tools and tactics, things matter. But ultimately, you know, as a, a salesperson, or when you're building out a sales team, you need to be able to stand in that energy and be in that place, that place of neutrality with um, whoever you're showing up to help. Yeah, no, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about this challenge that I, I see so often in, in companies in general, but certainly service-based companies. And I typically, typically I, what I find is, you know, service-based co- companies, because you're at some level sort of selling your people, right? You're, you're selling your your capabilities or, or what you deliver has is somehow delivered through the people that you have in the company. The sales process becomes so focused on the individuals and and in many early stage companies or, or many kind of early growth companies the, the CEO is driving the sales process right they've got the relationships they've got the knowledge they're often selling kind of expertise at some level or knowledge at some level and and companies kind of cap out or run into this bottleneck of the CEO can only have he or she can only have so many conversations in a day in a week and it ends up becoming, you know, this this gating factor to the growth of the company, and people have to get out of that challenge. Talk to me a little bit about, I guess, what are some of the strategies? What are some of the things that need to happen? What are the things that sort of work or don't work as you kind of get CEOs out of the selling process? Why is that kind of a challenge, or what are some of the solutions that you start to look at as you work with companies around this? Yeah, so I think it's kind of a natural thing that happens where 
you have a business owner or a founder that has an idea and either they start as a solopreneur or they start with a like a, a small leadership team and because it's their idea and their company, they just kind of naturally end up as the number one salesperson for the company. It's not like a strategic decision because yeah. I think if they really sat down and thought about it, it's not what they would yeah. decide. It kind of happens out of necessity and they may have like a, a client from a previous job that they carry in or some relationships and some some close businesses based on their relationships that launch them into business, which is great when you're starting out, but it's not an intentional sales effort. Mm -hmm. And what happens with the CEO is they're doing a lot of their sales based on their personal energy, their personal charisma, their relationships. And it becomes a challenge as the company grows, not just because the CEO gets pulled in a lot of different directions and they don't have the time, as you indicated, to be the number one salesperson. So you see these spikes in cash flow and revenue because this CEO is not doing consistent sales work every mm -hmm. single day. And there needs to be basically a transfer from people buying the CEO, which happens like people buy essentially the CEO to buying from the company as a whole, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the CEO being a part of that, but you're transferring to buying from the company. And the often what happens is you'll bring in a sales team, right? And the CEO has not been working on the foundation and fundamentals of the sales organization, yeah. right? And so then they're like, well, just go go sell. You know, I, I was able to sell and do this. <laughs> you figure it out. Team, you figure it out. <laughs> the sales team has no foundation, no enablement, no air cover, right? Yeah. And they don't have the same information and knowledge. And the company itself hasn't figured out how to do sales as a company. So so that's why I think that happens. And, you know, one thing I want to say, if the CEO really loves doing sales work, then I say, go on, do sales work, but bring someone else in to be the CEO. If that's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you need yeah. to make a decision on whether you really want to be the CEO or really whether you want to be like the CRO or the, the VP of sales in that role. Mm -hmm. So because there's this challenge of transitioning from buying from the CEO to buying from the company and having someone else sell the company, that's a very different sales effort. And I think that there needs to be some foundation and some fundamentals put in place. And you know, in the work that I do, I think about the salespeople, the sales strategy, and the sales technology, and making sure that those three aspects or those three pillars are really dialed in and there's the right components in there for any person to basically go out and do consistent sales work, identify people that they can help, and then move those people down the customer journey, right, into a relationship with the company in a very short amount of time. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the the one thing that I find is or a strategy a lot of companies will initially take is, well, let's just replicate the CEO, right? We're going to find other kind of very senior people who have, you know, good connections, who've got very good intuitive skills. And we're just going to find a couple more people like that. And we're going to, you know, that's how we're going to expand our sales capacity and expand the company. And I think that typically that doesn't work. In the cases that it works, I think you end up with this kind of, you know, fiefdom partnership model where you've got a couple of senior folks, they've got kind of books of business, and then you get this kind of, well, how do we deliver against that? And you've got this whole kind of 
you know, organizational strategy, organizational design problem of am I building, you know, like mini companies inside the overall business that have their own, almost their own PL, they eat with their kill, they have their own capacity to deliver. Yeah. Or are you really looking at this as a process where I've got a team that's responsible for selling, a team that's responsible for client service, one for delivery, one for accounting? Like, yeah. it, like you have a choice, I think, as, as a business to decide how you're going to design your organization. And ultimately, you know, if you really want to grow and scale, particularly if you want to grow and scale at a, at a high profit margin, like you really need to look at this strategically and understand, well, what is this process? How do we make a system out of this? How do we bring in, you yeah. know, people of the right level and caliber and capability to do the work that needs to be done at each step and, and not try to create these, uh, you know, kind of fiefdoms or part, you know, partnership model kind of stuff. Tell me a little bit about where you start. So you mentioned the, the people, the strategy, the tech, what's mm-hmm. the first sort of piece that you put in place, uh, given those three kind of considerations? Yeah. So the first thing, you know, in the first thing you do as an engineer or as any <laughs> company, is you, you, as a, you need to assess what's currently going on because the company is going to be doing certain things well. And when I talk about building these sales ready organizations, like the company is going to get up to a certain revenue level that the CEO is going to be able to sell up to, but then they're just going to plateau. Yeah. Right there. So like they've already done some work and they're doing good for where they are, but you need to be looking forward on where you're trying to get to. So the first thing is to come in and do an assessment of the salespeople, the sales strategy and the sales technology and just identify what's what is working well, what's missing and where there's opportunities to improve and then start to close those gaps, bring in the right, you know, strategies, technologies. The big miss that that I see, because I've done dozens of these assessments at this point, is for all sorts of companies, they're oftentimes not really clear on what they want. And that shows up in their vision and their mission. And they don't have clear goals a lot of the time. Mm, yeah. And I think that comes from like just like a lot of referral or word of mouth where they're not like, clear on their financials, they're saying this is our goal, and then coming up with a plan or the systems in place to consistently hit the goal. I see some oftentimes see gaps in in the sales team on reaching out to clients like customer service consistently and then just really understanding what a marketing workflow looks like, what a sales workflow looks like, and how to design those to make it really easy for your customers to buy from you. Because again, this goes back to helping people. People are trying to go somewhere and you're not trying to sell them. You're just trying to design mm, your workflows yeah. to make it easy for them to buy from you. And when you get all those things, like whether you bring in a sales team or the CEO needs to continue doing the sales work for a little bit, you want to have all of those aspects in place just so that there's no mystery in how to get new clients, how to increase revenue. You just go, these are the components I need to do sales every single day. This is my game plan. I am 100% clear on where I want to go. I know what the mission of the company is. I have the pieces. And then it's just like, you just turn it on and you just, you run the factory, mm-hmm. you know? So, and of course there's some art to conversations like we've talked about and you're yeah. dealing, you know, you're working and having conversations with humans, but that's really how I start to approach that. It's like assessing, identifying where things are working, what's what needs to be cleaned up getting a plan in place to do that, you know, implementing the plan and then measuring and as you go, yeah. making adjustments. Yeah. One of the things I often find 
that happens in that kind of transition or, or as a company really kind of moves into growth mode is yeah. I think early stage you, you end up with there's a lot of what I call chasing money, right? Like they'll take on basically any project or any service or they'll say yes to a lot of things because there's money behind it. But they end up with this, you know, a little bit of a hodgepodge of, of services and offerings, you know, based on that. And they sometimes have clients they've had for a while. It's like, well, we just still do this for this client because they've been there forever. But we really don't offer that to anyone else at this point. But they end up with a lot of sort of different offerings and different processes and, and different kind of capabilities internally. And, and one of the things I always say is that the faster you want to grow, the more you need to focus. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how kind of strategic focus ends up playing into the sales process and and helping or, or in influencing how easy or quickly or effectively or efficiently you can run sales relative to a, a defined business strategy. Yeah, I think that happens because you're just not intentional about your sales effort. Like you don't know what you're who you help and how you help them. And so you're just taking what comes to you instead of going out and finding really who you can serve at the highest level. So when you look at an overall business strategy, if if the company has done a really good job identifying, you know, its niche or its target audience, the pain points or the problems that they have, the outcomes that that audience wants and how you solve that for them. And then going out consistently and talking to that audience again and again and again, you will ideally, you not ideally, you will create the business and the clients that you want mm. consistently. But you have to do that every day. And the other, the something interesting that I, I think about is like in the beginning, you you'll have full cycle salespeople, right? Like you won't have marketing department, SDRs, Mm -hmm. account executives, you know, kind of a a sales engineer or whoever moves the process down, but you have these full cycle Mm -hmm. salespeople. And it's very easy as a salesperson to get confused in what what your role is, whether you're doing marketing work or sales work. Mm -hmm. And you're always doing marketing work first, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't really start selling until you've identified that there's a need and there's fit. And then it's like, then it's time to do sales work. So those type of things are how you take the business strategy and then you layer on a sales effort, a sales ready organization, and then you you run that consistently. And that will get you out of, that'll help you be clear and actually tell people no who aren't actually a good fit for you and get you out of worrying mm-hmm. about cash flow or feeling the need or the scarcity around having to just take what comes in the door because yeah. you have a process and systems in place to you know create revenue at will basically. Yeah. So for a CEO, you know, founder, CEO, leader who is listening to this podcast and and is either realizing they're in that situation or feels themselves kind of getting into that situation where it's a, a CEO driven sales process and they're looking to get out of it, what are some of the first steps they can do to to start changing that system or, or start getting out of that position? What does that process look like? Yeah, so I think the first thing that they want to do is understand the components of what's required to set up a successful sales effort that is not themselves. Like I mentioned, the first thing that I do is I, I do an assessment and say, like, look, here are all the components that you, you want to have in place and then start building that foundation and those fundamentals. And the CEOs don't know how to set up sales organizations, right? They're not 
they a lot of times some may, but a lot of times they don't come from sales backgrounds. They're not sales engineers. They're not process engineers. They don't do all the the technology. Maybe they've not had a lot of sales management experience. And so the first thing is to understand and start building just like you would on your business strategy or your leadership team to come up with a plan to start building out a sales organization. And you can use my framework or there's other people's frameworks, but it's getting that foundation built out and then start finding the salespeople to bring into that foundation, using that foundation yourself as the CEO, right? Build the foundation, start using it yourself as a CEO, and then start bringing salespeople into that foundation and into that sales organization that has all the right fundamentals in place for them to be successful. So that's really, you know, just like you're building out your operations or your HR or or your finance or, you know, those components, it's, that's the way that I would do it. Understand what a successful sales organization needs to be, what the components in there are, start to build those out, start to run those yourself, and then start to bring in sales team members to transition that work to. Yeah, let's um, basically think like an engineer. <laughs> you know, yes. Design the process before you start pumping a lot of people in it. Because if you start just putting people into a room and expecting they're going to sell, you're probably going to be disappointed. You're going to not have good results. You're yeah. going to end up letting those people go. I've seen that time and time oh, yeah. again. I've, I've yeah. probably done it once or twice. <laughs> I yeah, say it. For, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Good. Chris, it's been a pleasure. If, if people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, some of the content that you have, what, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, so you can go to my website, which is chrisfilippiak.com. You could give me a call. My phone number is 828-747-7855. And you can reach me at via email at connect at chrisfilippiak.com. And I spend quite a bit of time hanging out on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Awesome. I'll uh, I'll make sure that the links uh, are in the show notes here so that people can click there and get that information. Bruce, I do want to mention that on at my site, I do offer a free sales-ready organization assessment. So if anyone is looking to understand where they are, what's working, that's something that they can take. It's... Um, 33 questions. It looks at, like I said, your salespeople, your sales strategy, and your sales technology. And, you know, if your sales aren't where you want them to be, mm-hmm. you're struggling as the CEO or the number one salesperson, or you're struggling with a sales team that isn't meeting your expectation, that's a great first step that just takes a, a few minutes of your time to do. Excellent. I'll put the link into the show notes for that as well. So people can do that. Yeah, I just I find this is such a common problem in the growth process that if you don't, unfortunately, if you don't solve it well, you'll end up kind of repeating the process sometimes several times. <laughs> you'll, yes. you'll try different scenarios, but until you actually take a step back, think about what your sales process is, design that process to be effective, and then start bringing in the people to train and then underlying technology to support. It's, you know, it's it's a tough, it's a ceiling to break through. But if you do it right, it can really un, unleash the growth of the company. So great conversation. Yeah. Um, awesome. I will, uh, like I said, I'll make sure the links are in the show notes here. Um, I really appreciate the time. I, th- I think everyone here got a couple of good takeaways, uh, but this was fun. Uh, I always enjoy talking about sales, uh, and it was uh, it was good to hear um, uh, a third party's sort of expert opinion on on things that I have always kind of intuitively felt. But this was helpful. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bruce, it was. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, and uh, I love sharing knowledge and just helping people.
I genuinely love helping people. Good stuff. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Bye. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.